Hello and good morning everyone. Only Positivity here. I have my coffee with me. Ready to kick off podcast number 17 on this playlist that I'm looking to launch called Elevated Thoughts. So before diving into the book and everything like that, um, let's just start with the level set. So, you know, as I endeavor upon pursuing knowledge and life experience in this next phase of life through photography, fitness, traveling, um, one habit that I've really formed is reading. So this podcast um, essentially goes through some of the books I've been reading as of late and taking those lessons learned and applying them to experiences in my life. So, you know, before jumping into the book, um, let's go ahead and start with the story. So um, for those of you that are unaware, um, right now, the current period, um, we're in uh, Ramadan, right, for those uh, Islamic faiths. So, you know, I'm actually not um, Muslim. Um, I don't identify as that. But, um, you know, for those of you that know what I look like, um, you, you probably know that I, I give off that Middle Eastern vibe at times. So um, essentially, um, I have a group of acquaintances, right? They're friends of friends that um, I see at social interactions, social engagements um, pretty often, right? And I've known these guys for five, six years now. Um, really nice guys, um, really fun to hang out with. Um, but uh, it's interesting how even amongst the Indian population, uh, there's some ignorance, you know, amongst religions and things like that. So, you know, my friends, I guess, are predominantly um, of Catholic and Christian faiths. Um, so, you know, um, Hindu, Islamic, Sikh, um, all those types of faiths are, are equally as foreign to them as maybe for a Caucasian person, right? So, so the, the, the humor in this is that, so every year, I'll meet up with these guys around, I mean, we hang out often, so um, even around this time. So um, what'll happen is we'll, we'll do our greetings. Hey, what's up, man? How's it going? How you doing? How's it been? Right? And they'll ask me, you know, out of, out of curiosity, out of the kindness of their heart, they'll go, hey, man, how's Ramadan going? And I'll be like, I, I, I mean, I guess it's going well. It's, it's, yeah, it's good, you know? And, um, and they move on, right? Every single year, um, even though I've, I've explained, right, that I don't identify as that. Um, they go ahead and ask me how it's going anyway. And, you know, I appreciate the concern. I appreciate the sentiment. Um, and it's, it's polite, right? So I say, you know, thanks for asking, um, even though I don't celebrate. So, you know, a little bit of humor there. Um, so um, diverting, right? Let's go back into um, the book for today, right? So, um, so for those of you that weren't in tune for last week's podcast, we started a new book called Mindful Relationship Habits by S.J. Scott and Barry Davenport. So we went through uh, mindful relationship habits number one through five in um, the last podcast. So for part two today, we're going to go through podcast, I mean, sorry, podcast, we're going to go through habits um, six through 10. So um, in, in the last podcast, the, what we left off with was really talking about um, how, how love and relationships can be a really great journey to embark upon. They can really um, assist us in achieving our potential, right? So um, let's just go ahead and we'll dive, we'll drive straight into it. So uh, mindful relationship habit number six is cherish your partner. So um, starting off with a quote, um, the author says, when you cherish your partner, you show a willingness to put your partner first. Now we talked about in the last podcast how um, I believe and the book states that your significant or your intimate relationship um, should be your most valued relationship. So let's talk about how, how the book outlines to cherish your partner. So um, at a high level, you should be willing to nurture and foster their growth and development. So yes, your growth and development is important, 
but as is your intimate partners. So um, you guys are a team, right? And with any team sport, um, we know that one person cannot do it all. It takes a group effort. It takes a team effort. So, you know, coming back to my life, some examples. Um, so um, as we talk about, right, in the level set of every podcast, you know, I read a lot of, uh, I read a lot of books, right? I'm constantly reading. Um, and so does my fiance. And even though it might be much, I, I tend to share all my thoughts with my fiance. And, and, you know, some of the things she finds interesting and some of the things she really doesn't. But at least we're exchanging knowledge. At least we have a platform to exchange knowledge together, right? And reading is fundamental to my growth, right? It opens up my mind, gets me thinking about different things, um, and it's a it's a big part of my personal growth. Um, but going forward, right, um, we have to be aware of all types of communication. And the book outlines this um, as being aware of your body language, um, being aware of your verbal, um, as well as your written language, right? Um, and there's, there's nothing that can curb an interaction, right, or, or, or a genuine interaction with your significant other or in general, um, like a sarcastic remark or, or even an eye roll, right, or even um, some lackadaisical body language or overly aggressive body language. Um, so the book's outlines, right, if, if your significant other is telling you something important or maybe not even important, right, in your eyes, try your best to give them your undivided attention and respond in all facets to their sharing, right? When um, try to avoid um, after a long dialogue um, of your significant others saying, "Oh, damn, babe, that's crazy," and just moving on, right? Because um, that is a response, but um, it's not a catered response. Um, it doesn't show that you were engaged. Um, and like I said, I'm no guru on these things, but um, there's a, a definite um, downwards. I guess spiral when you get into that habit of just blowing it off um, as opposed to the exact opposite when you are engaged in listening right when you're actively listening to your partner um, and you know at, at baseline there's really no downside to speaking to your partner with care and affection right what's the negative to it it might take a little bit more effort on your part but it can only bring about positivity in your relationship um, some things you can do that are minor, right? The book outlines. You can nod, right? You can nod in agreement, or you can just nod and let your partner know that you're listening. Um, and we can genuinely respond to their statements, right? Go there. If they're expressing some emotions, try to go there. Try to feel that emotion with them. Um, let them know you're there. Um, so, you know, we can often also use soft words, right? The book outlines soft words. So when we have conflict, um, we can show that we are engaged and geared towards reaching a solution as opposed to staying down on that conflict. Um, and then you know, moving forward, right? Moving forward, um, in order in order to, to really cherish your partner, um, you have to be okay with them taking the spotlight at times, right? Showcasing them. Um, there's really no downside to that either, right? Um, and so the book outlines that, but you know, a personal example is, you know, um, I personally never feel uglier than when I go out in public with my fiance, you know, people are always complimenting her, um, telling her how beautiful she is, how beautiful her hair is. Um, and, you know, sometimes I'll ask, you know, yo, what about my hair, dude? You know, I got a fresh fade. But um, what I always do is say, you know, that's my girl, right? She, she deserves all the praise, right? And, you know, cherish your relationships. And, I, and that really jives with me. Um, and like I said, I'm not a guru on these things, but um, just chiming in on some of the, uh, the habits that I was reading about, and kind of relating it to my, my life, my relationship. So that wraps up mindful relationship habit number six, cherish your partner. So we go into mindful relationship habit number seven, 
which is touch often. Now, there's definitely a little bit of stigma around this, especially um, in the South Asian community, but the book outlines a study that says, partners in a relationship feel more satisfied when they're showing more physical affection towards one another, right? There's a lot of physical effects um, to start, right? Um, endorphins are released, um, can can lead to lower blood pressure, lower heart rate. Um, and it, it's not, it's, it doesn't always have to be anything sexual, right? Um, who, who here has had a stressful day and just came home uh, and, and wanted to hug their significant other, right? Pretty much made it all better. Um, no talking necessary, just a nice, nice big hug, right? That can release a lot of stress, a lot of tension. But, you know, let's go, let's go a little deeper into that. The book outlines that it's really good to talk about what types of affection you both desire. So, you know, it can, it can be easy just to find a form of, of intimacy that, that one of you is good with, right? But, but to really nurture a close bond, you, you both should talk about what the ideal physical affection looks like for the both of you. And it can be different for each person, right? Um, you know, like, let's say, for example, using an example, you know, for, for, some, for one of the partners, it could mean, you know, uh, sexual intercourse, right? For the other partner, it could mean cuddling, right? It could mean, um, you know, swooning on the couch while watching a movie, right? Those type of things. But it's good to talk about those things um, and not just assume that you're good with just one mode or one medium, right? So leading into the next point, it's really worth putting yourself out there to have that conversation. You know, agree on a way that you both will show physical affection. And so coming back to my life, that's not something like I, I would normally do, but um, because um, I want to nurture that bond, I'll have that conversation, right? It shows selflessness. It shows that you're willing to think about um, your partner's needs um, your partner's desires, um, as well as your own, right? And, and, and I touched on this in the beginning um, of this, of this uh, habit, but there is stigma uh, in South Asian culture regarding physical connection or physical touch. So, you know, I spent a lot of time personally growing up believing that, you know, physical affection was inappropriate. Um, and then when, but when you get carried away, right, PDA and stuff like that, yeah, it's definitely um, inappropriate uh, and can make people feel uncomfortable. But uh, on the on the other side of that, touching your partner um, in in public in an appropriate manner, you know, is is totally okay in my opinion, right? Um, it's almost endearing uh, to see some uh, a couple, right, uh, who truly love each other, right? And th being physical is not the only sign of love, but you know, truly, you know, wanting your partner, truly being there for them physically and emotionally, um, is 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 commendable, you know. So um, you know, just some food for thought there. Um, as we wrap up mindful relationship habit uh, number seven, which is touch often. So coming into coming into mindful relationship habit number eight, uh, connect and engage daily. So um, what that what that leads back to is being fully present, right? So um, always touching on the themes of the other books we've read this year, um, The Power of Now, The Four Agreements, The Alchemist, uh, Man's Search for Meaning. Um, being present in the moment um, is really going to take away some of that anxiety of living in the past or um, waiting for something to happen in the future, right? Be fully present in the moment and be engaged with your partner. So um, discuss in depth your hopes, your dreams, um, your goals, and you know even how the day went, right? Um, 
it, it may take a minute for you to get used to to that much sharing, right? But but like with any habit, once you form it, you'll definitely want to know all about your partner's day down to the finite details, right? Um, for example, some of the things like me and my fiance talk about are how did the workout go, right? How did your workout go today? And for those of you that do exercise um, frequently, you'll know that so um, you could do uh, a 5K, let's say, on Tuesday and do another one on Thursday and maybe another one on Sunday, and they might all go differently. You might even get the same times on all of them, but one might feel harder than the other. Um, one might feel easier, right? And it's worth a conversation, right? And, and once you know how that feels, you're going to want to talk about it, right? I want to talk about it. Um, me and my fiance run. We don't run together, but um, we do run. And we talk about um, how our runs with, went. We talk about um, how we felt about the workout for the week. Um, we go over, um, did we meet our habits for the week? How do we feel about it? Things like that. It's good to have those conversations. Um, and then we're proud of each other for hitting our goals. And if we don't hit our goals, we build each other up. Um, so to the point where we do hit our goals, right? We help each other um, achieve what we want from life. Um, or we would want in life. Um, I even, you know, ask how how did that conversation with your friends go, right? If she's on the phone um, with some of her best friends, um, if she she goes for, to a hangout with some of her friends, I'm gonna ask her I'm gonna, how did it go, and I want to know every detail, right? I want to know um, every little thing about how that interaction went because it's important to me. Um, brings us closer, right? I'm the one person um, that she can share everything with, and vice versa. Um, you know, I like to know the latest gossip, right? It's almost like a TV show. I'm on it, right? I want to know, like, Ooh, what that bitch do, right? Like, I want to be there with it. So, um, it's it's just it's just important to me, right? And I think um, the more important you you hold these types of little conversations, um, it opens you up for for further conversation, for deeper conversation, um, as your significant other feels comfortable bringing anything to you. That's going to lead us into our next habits and stuff like that. But just touching on it early here. So we diverted just a little bit, but if we lose this connection, right? If we lose this connection of um, being close to our partner, being able to share, um, we might live more as roommates as opposed to like true partners, right? Um, because, you know, with your roommates, you're not necessarily having those deep conversations at a regular cadence. You're just kind of, you know, you're, you're co-habitating um, with them, um, if you will, right? So um, going back to the book the book outlines striving for emotional and mature communication as well as mature conflict resolution so um you know i guess the best way to use best example to use is not fighting fire with fire right you once once a conflict arises and you feel it in the air you as you nurture this connection you realize that you can't fight abrasion um with abrasion and you start to develop conflict resolution habits, right? Um, let's sit down, let's take a minute um, away from each other, and then we'll come back and talk about what happened, right? Um, and we'll, we'll both have in mind, we'll both keep in mind the initiative of reaching a resolution um, as opposed to continuing um, this argument. So, um, but what comes with that, and the book outlines it, is um, have a willingness to forgive and ask for forgiveness, right? Um, and this is where a lot of pride issues come into play, right? And I think especially for me um, and some of um, my guy friends um, or some of the guys in general uh, is that, you know, we, we're, 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 we're proud, we're proud people. And it's often hard for us to um, admit fault or ask for forgiveness because it can look um, like we're wrong or it can look like um, we've lost the interaction or something like that, right? But when you realize there's really nothing to win if you do it by yourself, um, then then something clicks, right? And then you look for a, a, du a dual, um, a joint resolution, right? So 
So an example is, right, if, if throughout the day, and, and especially if you live with your partner, um, you're going to get irritated no matter what. Like something something dumb will irritate you, right? Um, you leave a light on somewhere. Um, you forget to blow out a candle, something like that, right? Um, things are going to come up. We're going to get irritated. And sometimes that little, little irritation can be the straw that breaks the camel's back and lead to like an eruption. But if you did something wrong, right, or if not, right, uh, if you have frustrated your partner, take the time. Ask for forgiveness without shame. And if, if you're on the other side of that, forgive quickly. Because, um, you know, at the end of the day, if you do love each other, it's part of the deal. But at the same time, you're not going to want to... Um, you're not you're not going to want to have this argument. You're not going to want to want to feel this abrasion. You're going to want to get over it quickly, right? Because you want to go back to that euphoria um, of being best friends, right? And get off this temporary speed bump that you guys are on. So, um, you know, little food for thought there. But um, you know, what's what's interesting about this book is in few of the in a few of the chapters, there's there's these questionnaires that the reader can fill out. Um, that really help you reflect on your relationship and even some of your habits. Um, and it can it can it can give you a gauge on perhaps how disconnected or connected um, you have become. So a couple of the questions that they'll ask is, um, my partner and I don't feel close anymore. We don't know how to reconnect. And it'll be like, you know, agree, um, disagree, strongly disagree, right? It'll it'll have those options where you can check them, and then you're supposed to go over it with your significant other. Um, so another question is, one of us feels bored in our relationship. Um, talking with each other about problems feels useless because it doesn't seem to help. Um, and then the book says, you know, if it helps, you should schedule um, a planned conversation at a regular cadence to go over these things. Um, and like I always say, it feels weird um, as with any new habit forming, but once you um, once you form it, it's going to become natural and it's going to feel less forced, less rigid. So, um, you know, we spent a little bit more time on, on this habit, but um, it's, it's just a great way to nurture um, a strong bond. So that was Mindful Relationship Habits. Number eight, connect and engage daily. So um, moving on to uh, Mindful Relationship Habit number nine, which is create shared rituals. So um, let's start with a definition um, of ritual. So any practice or pattern of behavior that is regularly performed in a set manner. So um, it could be anything, right? And we'll get into it. So the, the medium that you choose here is, and the book says this, is going to be the message, right? So you're gonna, be, you're gonna begin to communicate around this activity or this ritual, and that is what is gonna bring you together. So the more rituals you share, the closer your bond is going to become. So, so uh, an exercise is to take an inventory of all the rituals or habits that you currently do and see what you can share with your partner. And if you don't have any, it might be worth uh, creating some, right? So um, let's talk about my habits. So, so my habits are, are working out, um, reading, uh, podcasting, uh, photography, traveling, and I don't know if you want to throw smoking weed in there. I don't know if it's a, a habit of mine, but you know, I, I guess I do it often. Um, so, so that th those are my habits, right? I, I, amongst many other things, where right? I do a lot more, um, but um, just a few here. So um, let's talk about the first one, right? I said working out. Okay. So she definitely shares this one with me. Um, we we do we had we had done Orange Theory Fitness together. 
um, we run together, and you know we generally work out. Um, we sometimes together. We work out pretty much every single day, but um, not together always. Um, I do hit classes with her online right now um, because of all this COVID madness. Um, we go for long walks together, right? Three, four, five, six miles sometimes. Um, when we run, we we always run separate, or we often run separate. But we always go over our times together, and we always go over how the run felt together, like I was talking about earlier. So, so you know, working out is interesting. So, um, it's not always about the workout itself, right? Um, a lot of it is is those little moments, right? So, when we go for a walk together for four or five miles, it, it can take anywhere from an hour to three hours, right? And we're just we're walking together. We don't have our headphones in, and we're talking. And the types of conversations that we get into um, are very deep at times, and sometimes they're not. But all in all, it brings us closer together, right? We start talking about things um, that we don't normally talk about. We spend like so much time together um, and get down rabbit holes. So um, I find out things that I've never known, right, to this day. Um, but so that, you know, it's working out right there, right? But we can talk about uh, traveling, right? Traveling. So in terms of traveling, um, let's talk about, you know, go, getting Ubers to the airport together, um, going on road trips together, um, uh, being at the airport together, getting through the lines. You know, one of our rituals are we get, we get a bagel every time we go to the airport, right? We don't eat bagels ever. So we get a bagel with some cream cheese when you go to the, and some coffee and sit at the gate. Um, and then we also, we also stay together in new places, right? We stay together. Um, uh, we went to Iceland, um, New Orleans, Atlanta, San Diego, right? We're going to all these places, um, and 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 we're exploring new cities together. We're exploring new new foods together. You know, we're doing all these things, and we're planning together things like that. Um, and um, even though um, we're we're not, we might do things separately. We come together um, on the itineraries. Um, we come together on on the travel plans and things like that. And it really brings us um, closer, right? It 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 showcases both of our talents, um, but also our willingness to explore new things. Um, but we'll talk about um, podcasting, right? She doesn't necessarily do this, but she always listens to me and how I felt after I've recorded one. You know, they they all are different. Um, some of them go better. Um, some of them go worse, right? But um, I go over it with her, um, go over the facts, go over how I can course correct and improve um, the following podcast, right? And she, she engages me fully in that conversation. Um, we talk about photography, right? She She's really good with photography. She doesn't necessarily do it as a hobby, but I run all of my pics by her for her thoughts. And she engages me in that, right? If, if a picture I take isn't popping, she's going to tell me. Um, or if she doesn't drive with it, she's going to tell me. And that doesn't mean I take her opinion, but at least um, I um, am open to it, right? That, that At least I'm, I'm, I'm asking for it. I'm asking to engage, things like that. Um, so it's interesting. It's just interesting that, like, you know, rituals are really things that can bring you together. Um, they provide more talking points, right? When you reflect on them, when you look back on them, we talk about all of our trips. We talk about all about the 5Ks, um, the 10Ks, the half marathons um, that we run together. Uh, we talked about all the books we've read. I'm into philosophy and, like, upliftment and history right now. She's into reading fiction. But we talk about both the books we're reading currently. So um, it's interesting, you know, and, and as we talk about these things, um, let's say a year goes by, um, we have so many memories to talk about, right? So many memories to talk about in terms of reading, working out, traveling, things like that. So it just gives us um, a broader foundation or um, a stronger foundation to build off of. 
So um, really long-winded there. <laughs> so, um, but that was mindful relationship habit number nine, create shared rituals. So let's move on to relationship habit number 10. And relationship habit number 10 is practice vulnerability. So the first question the book poses is, is do you feel free and comfortable being fully present with your partner? Be, I'm sorry, being fully yourself with your partner. So let me rephrase. Let me start over. Do you feel free and comfortable being fully yourself with your partner? Can you share your deepest secrets, your most embarrassing moments, and your most painful secrets? Um, have any of you ever ever shit your pants and been able to share that with your fiance? I mean, I, I hope you know it wasn't recent um, in your adult life, but I think we've all done it when we were kids. Um, and you know, I definitely have shared those stories, um, or yeah, those stories with my fiance. Um, so you know what I mean? It's just those embarrassing moments. You know, um, I think when you when you open yourself up to being vulnerable, you you gain confidence from it, right? Like. Um, so that's you know any any embarrassing story i really have um is is more funny in nature and things like that and i have no reason to be ashamed of it because um you know i wasn't doing anything uh intentional to do that right um they were all accidents they were all um uh not by choice i guess right um so uh you know you should have a platform to be vulnerable ultimately right that's the message here so um i think personally and in general the book calls us out is that we have a habit of really not being vulnerable or showing weakness related to our fears. So, um, and the book outlines is because being vulnerable is often taken as negative and weak, but in reality, in my opinion, it takes a strong person to be vulnerable and not really care about the fact that they're being vulnerable, right? Um, and the book states, right, if we can't practice vulnerability, then our intimacy will die. And um, like a flower, right? Vulnerability needs nurture, in order for it to grow. So for like one example, coming back to my relationship, right? So we, we always ask each other random questions. So some are really silly, right? It's like, would you rather be a panda or a hippo? Okay, so that's a really lighthearted question. I personally would like to be a panda because they're cute as hell, right? They're super cute. They're fat, they're chubby. They're just eating all day. They're eating bamboo and just like munching all crazy. Um, they're super cute, right? They're like, so um, that's what I would want to be. Um, but some questions we ask are, are more serious in nature, um, like what do you think your, your greatest strength is? Um, what do you think your biggest weakness is? So all these questions, even, even the lighthearted ones, they really force us to be vulnerable, right? They force us to share things that we're not normally talking about on a day-to-day -day basis um, and share our deeper thoughts ultimately. So um, vulnerability um, really completes you as a person and it allows for healing. Um, and that's this is a little bit more deeper that the book goes into. Um, so when you when you're completely known by someone else, um, it really assists in removing past trauma or insecurities through knowing someone loves you fully despite your insecurities, right? So um, we've all, you know, gone through some type of trauma in our life, right? Whatever, whatever frequency it's at, um, whatever magnitude it's at, um, we've all gone through some type of trauma. And, you know, no trauma is 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 more important, um, has more weight. Your experience is your experience. Um, and since you have nothing other to compare it to, um, else to compare it to, um, it's hard it's hard to, to rank it in comparison with someone else's, right? But coming back to the point here is when, when you share your vulnerabilities, um, your past experiences, 
it gives that other person the confidence to share as well. And you begin to say, oh, it, it isn't all daisy and roses with this person or in their past like I thought it was. Um, and I feel better now about sharing my weird past a little bit, right? I, I thought I was a weirdo, but like, oh, she's a weirdo too, kind of, right? Um, and then, you know, as you as you speak about yourself, as you speak about your past, and that's essentially what I'm trying to do with this podcast, um, you can assess the person um, you are, right? Um, and the changes you might need to make uh, to become the best version of yourself. You can assess the negative traits, the positive traits, um, when you can speak vulnerably about yourself. You really open yourself up to change. And, you know, one one thing to note is, I, I've mentioned this in my earlier podcast, is when I was younger, I used to be a big liar. I used to lie, lie, lie about everything. White lies, but even bigger lies, right? And and, and I'm able to, to say that now, right? That, you know, I, I was a big time liar. And now um, I don't. Now honesty is is one of my foundational principles. But I was only able to do that by admitting um, to my fiance that, you know, I had that tendency you know, many, many years ago, instead of just covering it up, right? And then I was able to course correct, right? I was able to be myself and just course correct and be my best version of myself um, and hope, hopefully continue to improve. But like, like I said, practicing vulnerability is going to help you be more confident. You're going to accept who you are and who you're not, right? Um, there's, there's certain people that they, they, anxiety, they're anxiety prone because um, they, they're trying to be everyone. They're trying to be the person that, um, is appeasing, you know, maybe parents, um, appeasing the religious community, but then also, you know, going out and having fun with their friends, right? Um, you don't want to live your life at polar opposites. Um, it, 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 it has, it poses, um, a lot of challenges for you, right? And it doesn't set you up for success in life. And I don't want to get on my soapbox here, so I'm going to hop off of it real quickly. Um, so the book outlines, um, you can have some more peace in life. By, by not needing someone to be someone else all the time, okay? So um, I talk about when when I first meet a person and and we, I don't want to show my crazy side, right? Or when I first met my fiance, don't want to show my crazy side just yet, right? Or so what I, what I call my crazy side. But when you, when you let it out in a respectful and channeled manner, right? It brings peace to your mind and you can be truly who you are um, and, and you don't have to mask your, your quote-unquote uh, inefficiencies. Um, so you can also, and, and you know, that, that leads us into handling uncertainty better, right? So when, you, when you're able to um, speak of your vulnerabilities, they can correlate to, to uncertainties in life, right? So you can also handle your uncertainty in life better by, by being vulnerable with your partner. Um, you're able to share things you've been uncomfortable about. And then once you get over that hurdle, you can potentially handle uncertainty that life brings with a better outlook, with a more positive outlook, right? You, um, remove some some of that cynical mindset um, that you might have, right? Not saying everyone has a cynical mindset, but I personally did. Um, you know, I, I had a, um, a negative fog um, when, I, when I looked forward in my life. And I think it was because, you know, I wasn't able to reflect, wasn't able to be vulnerable with anyone. And as soon as I was, as I was able to get that vulnerability with my fiance, um, the fog cleared up. Right, I took off those 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 dark sunglasses and I got color to life. Um, but anyway, um, I'll say this: in previous relationships, I, I often lived a double life. Right, um, I was really proper, and you know, I was religious in front of my family and my potential, you know, future in-laws, and and then I would go out with my friends and be someone else. You know, um, and not to say I was being worse or anything, um, I was just someone else. Right, um, and that led to anxiety for me because I was living a double life. Um, what I thought. But, you know, what I said was, you know, in my future relationships, 
um, I'm just going to be who I am because in my heart, I know there's no malice or malintent um, behind what I'm doing. I'm just like my own individual, right? Um, I'm just trying to carve out my own path. And that's what being vulnerable really shows you, right? Everyone has their own path. Everyone's unique. Everyone's trying to figure out what life's all about. No one has the answers, right? We're just, we're all just trying to move in a positive direction, hopefully. But you know what I'm going to leave you with um, is, is some of the best um, practices here um, are, to, are to really listen openly uh, without judgment and, and reaction, okay? So you should always thank, thank your partner for sharing with you because it's something that, that very, few people, very few people know um, about them and they've chosen you to share that with, okay? So they wouldn't be sharing that with someone else, right? It's a gift. Um, deeper sharing is a true gift because not everyone gets that version of this person. So, so you know, one one question I want to post to the group here is, you know, how many people have had had their parent or like a significant other have like an initial bad reaction to something or like an idea that you post and they say, oh, pff, that's stupid, or they get angry, right? So, you know, a personal conversation I've had with my father many, many years ago. So, um, you know, like I said, my dad grew up in poverty, right? So he, he comes from that mindset. So, you know, I had a conversation with him once and I said, you know, um, I don't know how we got onto the topic, but I was like, you know, people who grew up in poverty really don't have the same, you know, opportunities um, as someone who was born into an affluent environment, right? Um, and that's pretty common, common sense, right? I was using examples of, of people I knew, right? Oh, you know, this person was born rich um, and look at how they panned out. And then look at this person who, you know, really, who we know didn't really start off well um, and they kind of took a different route no no knock on character it's just the way you pan out right um because of the uh the resource the financial resources the access to things um when you are affluent versus when um you are in poverty so when you're in survival mode right you're going to make different decisions as opposed to when your basic needs are met so like i said my dad grew up in poverty and his whole goal in life was to give us a better life which he which he did okay and but what i think is i think i had a nerve during this conversation and he erupted on me he started yelling and saying how you know he's giving me everything that he never had as a kid um, and he just was lashing out having this emotional reaction um, and I think he took it personally right and, and all I was trying to do was have a conversation with him right it's like yo hard flex man like but anyway um, I don't want to do that to my fiance in my current relationship because I know how it feels and you know what her thoughts and ideas should be heard right she's not wrong for feeling something or shooting at the hip um, or thinking something, she should be able to run any idea that flutters across her mind by me. And I should be able to listen um, without judgment, without emotionally reacting to it, right? Um, and that is a sign of emotional maturity and cherishing your partner, honestly. So, you know, long-winded there again, right? Um, but that was mindful relationship habit number 10, practice vulnerability. And that's the last habit we're going through for today. So I'm gonna leave you with this um, statement, okay? Make sure your partner sees the true you as often as possible. Um, so that's all I got for you guys today. You know, I hope you guys are enjoying the podcast. Feel free to leave me any comments. And remember, only positivity. Thanks, guys.